0: Let's take our Bibles together, please, to back to the book of Matthew, as we go verse by verse through God's book. And we're starting a new chapter, Matthew chapter four. We looked this morning about John's baptism and the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ. And tonight we're going to look at Satan's temptation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think it's very Important to understand you go from such a high point at the end of chapter, chapter 3 to a great dark valley at the beginning of chapter 4. You could not be higher on the mountaintop than all the trinity showing up at one time with the Spirit of God descending like a dove and God Almighty opening heaven speaking and the Lord Jesus Christ taking our place. You can't, you, can't, you can't be in a higher state than that. And as soon as we go from that well-pleasing message from God Almighty who audibly spoke from heaven, in chapter 4 we're introduced to a very dark time, a very dark time. And the truth of the matter is that um, every, every one of us is going to have dark times. And God's only son already walked that path, and so he can help us. And so let's look together in Matthew chapter 4. We'll start reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. In verse number one, the Bible says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now that's a strange phrase because if you would hold your finger there and turn over just a couple of pages to chapter 6, Jesus instructed us to pray this way. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 13, Jesus told us to pray and lead us not into temptation. Is that not right? But deliver us from evil. So why did the Spirit of God lead Jesus into temptation led him into the wilderness, led him face to face with the devil, led him in this hardest of places. Why did he do that? If we're supposed to pray, Lord, lead me not into temptation. Well, I I would say because the Spirit led him in places to battle in things and accomplish victories that you and I can't accomplish. We're, We're not able to We're not able to conquer everything Jesus conquered. And it was not an accident that Jesus was tempted of the devil. The Spirit of God led him into that circumstance. I do not believe the Spirit of God would lead any of us into temptation. Because we're not fighting the battle for all humanity to be able to have the tools needed to say no. We are led away of our own lust into temptation. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. And that was not the case with Jesus Christ. He's being led by the Spirit in this situation to help you. To help me to show us how we can get victory in our temptations. So Now I will say this, the Spirit of God will lead you in the wilderness. But he, He won't lead you into temptation but he will lead you in the wilderness and he'll lead you i'd say this i've heard this all my life and I, I didn't understand it till i i experienced it but the closer you get to god the closer you'll probably get to the devil this is not a weakness in jesus christ that he meets the devil in the wilderness it's the strength he comes from doing all those things that please the father and And as he begins his ministry, he's tempted in the wilderness. He's he's taken to the hard place and the difficult place. All the health and wealth, gospel preachers, the liberals say that, you know, God just wants to lead you into a good thing. (laughs) No, God might lead you into the wilderness. He may lead you into a hard way, but he's not going to leave you there. But this is more than just... A hard situation this is more than just being led into face-to-face combat with the devil this is serious temptation that the spirit of god is leading him into so that that same spirit and that same lord jesus christ that lives in us we who are saved by his grace can can have the same outcome of the victory that the lord jesus christ had now temptation is such a powerful thing look at matthew chapter 26 All of us are tempted, every one of us. And temptation will be the downfall of a lot of people. Destroy their life because they give in to it and they don't get victory over it. Matthew chapter 26, the Bible says in verse number 41, Jesus speaking to the disciples here in Gethsemane, he says, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. So many times we enter into temptation not because the devil is just a a boogeyman on our trail. I'd say this probably to be honest with you. Just to be very honest with you. Most of us are probably not important enough for Satan to bother to come tempt us. (laughs) If you go into the regions of the damned and you ask Satan who he's worried about, it's probably not you. I'm just saying, it's probably not probably not you. And the temptation that we face many times is not because the devil's hot on our trail. It's because we fail to watch and pray. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. In other words... The statement from our Lord is this, if you'd, have been, if, you're, if you'd have kept your eyes open enough, you would have seen what was coming and you, you would have got out of the way. If you know a train wreck's ahead, you're not just going to keep going full speed ahead. Watch and pray. And so our lack of prayer, our lack of closeness with God, please hear me. Our lack of a close relationship with God has so many ramifications. And one of, them, one of the things is that we are susceptible to temptation more when we're not close to God. Do you know you can not pray and everybody can still think you're a great Christian? You cannot have a close walk with God and go to church and cut your hair right and dress right and talk right and, and nobody will ever know anything different. But the, 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 the hardship is if you don't stay close enough to God, you're not going to stay out of temptation. Amen. There is something about being close to God that helps keep you out of temptation. Guys. It's not like one day you're walking with God and shouting the victory and praying and having a wonderful time with Jesus and then you just fall into the hog pit of sin. It doesn't happen that way. No, when do we fall into sin and temptation? When our hearts and minds have already drifted from God. So temptation is something we can avoid. We can pray, Lord, lead me not into temptation. Don't let me go there. We can watch and pray so we don't enter into temptation for us. Look at Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. The Bible says in verse number 13. Now we preached a lot in our church in the last several years about Apostasy. We preached all the way through the book of Jude about that. We're living in that day where people are departing from the faith. They're leaving the life and the doctrine and the beliefs that they've had all their life. And they just walk away from it. We live in that day. That's the day we live in. And the casualties keep coming. And sometimes it's not even who you would expect it to be. But the Bible gives us a hint about why some people fall away, why they go into that apostasy that's tearing up our churches and tearing up our society. Luke chapter 8, the Bible says in verse number 13, They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy. And these have no root which for a while believe, watch it, and in time of temptation, fall away. Do you know, friend, do you know, dear church member, do you know, child of God, that you are one temptation away from falling away from where God wants your life to be? Right. One temptation. One temptation. And you would think that would make us sober enough to where we would run to God and say, Oh, God, help me. As a matter of fact, turn over there to 1 Corinthians. You know, the Bible tells us, Let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. You're just one temptation away. And all those people that you looked at and talked about and what a terrible tragedy is, you are one wrong decision away from being a tragedy yourself. And what does that is temptation in your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Bible says in verse number, I just quoted verse 12, Wherefore let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall. You don't want to fall away. And all of this chapter is giving examples of how God's people in the wilderness, notice verse 5, They were overthrown in the wilderness. Do you see the correlation? Let me ask you a question. How long were they in the wilderness? How how long? 40 years. How long was Jesus in the wilderness with the devil? 40 days. That's not a coincidence. But what happened to Israel in the wilderness? They fell by temptation, they were destroyed. Their lives were, were ruined, and only their children went. And he, he gives all this story about it. And then he tells the Corinthians in verse number 12, Wherefore let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall. He, he's saying, that wilderness out there that the children of Israel fell in, you better be careful because you, you can repeat the same story. Don't repeat the same story other, people's keep, other people keep writing. You'd think if a, if a person grew up in a house, amen, where they had a parent that was a drunk, you, you'd think they'd say, oh God, I don't ever want to go that way. But you know that's not always what happens. You would think one friend that saw another friend go off the deep end in sin in their life would say, well, I'm going to learn that lesson, not go that route. But that's not what happens so many times. We don't learn the lessons of others falling He says, take, if you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. In other words, none of us are so close to God that temptation can't destroy us. None of us. So this is what he says. Verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 10. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. In other words, temptation is common. now, it is true that there may be one area that you're tempted in that I'm not tempted in. There are people that are tempted with pornography or immorality in such a way of addiction. I got something to mail. They're having a special event. Uh, I don't know when it is. A couple weeks with pastors going uh, to Huntsville. They, they've rented out this big thing and this this guy's coming in to, to and they ask all the pastors to to pay a fee and come because of all the sexual addiction that's in our society and it's a whole day's thing they're doing I, I'm not going I'm just saying it's a very big deal that's totally destroyed not just people's marriage but their brains their their their, their, their whole life but there's others that, that aren't tempted that that way maybe, maybe they're tempted with 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 alcohol in their house, you know, you know you, you put a glass of alcohol in front of somebody here here tonight, and 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 you, you that that wouldn't tempt you, amen, any more than if you put a cactus in front of somebody and said eat this, you know. I mean, it's just it's not tempting to you. While somebody else with the history of their life, it could be the one thing that caused them to go over the edge. And it's not just sins like that. Some people are tempted by other people. In other words, their temptation is to follow the crowd. It's not even about where I'm going, it's just going with you. I'm so impressionable and I like you so well, I'm willing to follow you wherever you go. You know, I wish people would be that impressionable with Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, wherever you go, amen, wherever you lead, I'll go. I don't even care where you're going, Lord. I'm just going to follow you. You know, some people are tempted, though, that they are so impressionable in their hearts that the right person comes along with the right personality, with the right things together in their life, and they look up to them, and they'll just follow them right off a cliff. And that's their temptation. Some people's temptation is religion. Religion Religion is one of the things the devil uses to get people away from God and away from the Bible. Some people are tempted with that. They're looking for something else, you know. They'll be, they're tempted. Other people are tempted this way. They're tempted with things of pride. Maybe they're tempted in their life to have a higher standard in their life because it makes them feel better in their life and that can become a source of temptation in their life and be more important to them than all the real important things in their life. People are just tempted in different things. It's common temptation but some of us have a harder time with some and some have a hard time with others. You take parents in here. There are probably some parents in here. You are tempted in being too lenient with your children. You think your love for them should be so great that you give in to them and never discipline them. You know what you've done? You've given in to temptation. But you know what? On the other end, here's a parent that's tempted to be too harsh with their children. Aren't aren't we a difficult lot? I mean, we either get in one ditch or we get in the other ditch. There's temptations all around, and they all lead to the same place. Heartache. They all lead to the same place. Hurt and sin and falling away. And so, what do we do? We've got, there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But I like what the Bible says, but God is faithful. Hallelujah. I'm not faithful all the time. You're not faithful all the time. There's no one that has a perfect record with temptation all the time. But God is faithful. He has got 100% report card. And he showed you that when the son of God went into the temptation ground. He got an A plus. No problems. Passing grade. Passed them all. God is faithful. Who will not. Suffer you to be tempted above that year, Abel. I don't know what tempts you, but it's not too big for you. God makes sure it's not too big for you. Matter of fact, I really believe this. I believe there are some things God has not let cross my path because he knew I couldn't handle it. So whatever I'm tempted with, it's not so much that I can't say no. That's what the Bible says. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. So the devil didn't make you do it. It wasn't too hard on you. It's not that you just, you had to do it. You, You couldn't help but say, give in. No, no. That God says, this is not too hard for you or I wouldn't let it come in your life. Do you know, even with the devil, God's got him on a chain? The the devil just doesn't do just whatever he wants to do. There are parameters God has for the devil. And I'm telling you, he is so powerful that if the Lord let him just go 100% full on you and I, we we wouldn't be able to hold up to the temptation. But he will not suffer us to be tempted, allow us to be tempted above that we're able. But will also, our verse, make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. Whatever temptation that you're struggling with tonight or next week or next year, there's always an exit door. Many times there's an exit door right before you give in to the temptation. There's always an exit door. And when you see that exit door, you better be like Joseph and run right out of it. No matter what temptation is. You can get away. He gives you a space where you can get out of this. But you got to take it. He ain't going to force you. You got to take the exit for temptation. So anybody says, I just, I can't help myself. That's not true. And the Lord Jesus Christ gives us, now, now go back to our text. I've not even got into preaching Matthew yet. And we'll, we'll cut it off here as soon as the snow is finished. And, uh, the spirit led temptation. Watch the fullness of this temptation. This was the whole, the Bible said in verse 1, Jesus was led up the spirit in the wilderness to be tempted the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and the thats a miracle in itself—that Jesus would be hungry hungry after forty days and forty nights. Now, now, matter of fact, the, the, you, Moses fasted forty days and forty nights. Eli, Eli, Elijah fasted forty days and forty nights, and Jesus fasted forty days. And there's a whole message in that. But may I say this: You can't fast forty days and nights unless it's a supernatural thing. You, you, you'll you'll die. Now, some people say, well, I know somebody that fasted 40 days. You, you, you didn't go without 40 days of drinking water. Your body will shut down. God kept these people alive to do this, to go through this temptation. But but something very strange, he, it's not like he went in the wilderness for 40 days, and the devil shows up at the end of the 40 days. That's not what the Bible's telling you. You've got to compare scripture with scripture to know that. In Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 4, the Bible says he was led into the wilderness to be tempted of Satan 40 days. He was tempted for 40 whole days. It's just that the height of the temptation was at the I don't even know what else the devil tempted him for 40 days. But at the end of the 40 days he came with the final strongest temptations he could think of. When Jesus was at his seeming lowest, he's weak of body, he hasn't eaten. He's gone through, you you know, when you say no to temptation once and say no to it again, and you can say no to temptation for seven days and for two weeks, but after a while it starts wearing on you. It's been wearing on him for 40 days, and now the devil comes at his lowest point seemingly and brings his largest temptations to him. Now, I want you to hold your finger here and go to Hebrews chapter 4 because this ought to help some of us. Because whatever you're tempted, whatever you're tempted in, Jesus Christ was tempted in the same point. Whatever tempts you, Jesus Christ has fought that battle. You say, well, I don't see it in the Bible. Remember, 40 whole days, Jesus and Satan and some of it was miraculous things the devil did with Jesus to tempt him. Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible says in verse number 15, would you look at it? Hebrews four fifteen. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may, excuse me, I'm, uh, that's verse 16, verse number 15. For we have not an high priest, he's talking about Jesus, Verse number 14 talks about Jesus, the Son of God. Verse 15, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all all points tempted like we are yet without sin. Notice, tempted in all points like as we are. That's right now. You say, well, in this new century in 2024, people have temptations they've never had before. That's not true. They may take a little different, little different form, but it's the same point. It's the same point of reference. It touches the same depravity in our natures. And the Bible says Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. That means he already got the victory over what you're struggling with. And he can show you how to get the victory. He says in chapter 2 of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 18, the Bible says, For in that he himself hath suffered, being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. In other words, if Jesus Christ endured all the temptations that you and I have endured that are going to go through, he can help you with yours. Don't, Don't try, look, look. You can go to a therapist, the therapist hadn't got victory over all temptation. You can go to your pastor, and you're welcome to. You can go to a friend, you can go to a parent, you can go to the best Christian you know, and maybe they'll get some encouragement to you, but there's only one person you can go to that was tempted in all points, and he won 100% of the time, and that's Jesus. So you need to get to Him more than you get to anybody. Lord, I need help with my temptation. He says, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can help you with that. That's what Matthew chapter 4 is about. Now, before you say, well, he's Jesus, the son of God. Of course, he's not going to have a problem with temptation. I want to remind you that the Lord Jesus Christ endured this temptation in Matthew chapter 4 with the devil as a man He didn't exercise any of his supernatural power. He could have grabbed a hold of the devil and choked him. But he didn't do it. He could have took the devil, amen, and slung him out into another universe. But he didn't do it. He let the devil work on him For 40 days and 40 nights. He subjected himself to that. And by the way, one of the temptations is for him to use his power. And he won't do it. You know why he won't do it? He's trying to help you. Well, preacher, I don't have that power. He he set all that aside and he endured all that. And he overcame temptation by the Spirit of God, just like you can overcome temptation by the Spirit of God. He did not use any of his divinity to do that. Well, what did he use to do that? Let's go back to our text. I may have to cut this off like baloney, I don't know. You know what's strange about this? I was reading one author, He, he said... Adam was tried in a garden of delight, and he failed. Jesus was tried in an empty desert, and he won. <laughs> you think about that. You'd think Adam could have won, the, Adam and Eve could have won over the temptation. They have a perfect environment. The devil's right there with them, just like the But Jesus is in the worst of environments, and he won. Well, how, how did he overcome this temptation? I think you already know, but let's start reading in verse number 3. The Bible says, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, What's the next three words? It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The devil take him up to the whole city, said to him, Temple, said to him, Thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. Verse number seven, Jesus said unto him, What's the next three words? It is written, Again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Eight, the devil take him up and the sea of high mountain, showed him all the kings of the world, and glory to them, said to him, All these things will get thou, wilt follow and worship me. Verse number ten, then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. For, what's the next three words? It's written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve. So, temptation in the Bible. Jesus Christ depended on the power of the Bible to overcome the temptation. The Bible tells us, We hide His Word in our hearts that we might not sin against Thee. That's why we not only need to read our Bibles, we need to memorize the Bible. And we probably live in a generation that reads less of the Bible than other generations of Christians. Is it any wonder why we have more people falling into temptation? Because it's the power of the Word of God that overcomes the temptations in your life. The preaching of the Word of God. The reading of the Word of God. The memorizing of the Word of God. Jesus is quoting. Now, all three of these verses that he quotes to the devil are in one book of the Bible, Deuteronomy. Jesus took one book of the Bible and overcame all the temptations of Satan. You got 66 of them. He only needed one. I mean, the rest of the Bible wasn't even written yet, was it? What I'm trying to say is, you got so much more ammo. You've got so much of the Bible that we can hide in our hearts. When we were working with our children, we made them memorize the Bible. I was probably overboard with that. I don't know how many books, of, whole books of the Bible I made Benjamin memorize. Whole books. He could probably tell you. How many, son? Do you even know? <laughs> Ten books of the Bible, word for word, verse by verse, stand up and quote that quick. Why did I do that? I was afraid not to do that. I just heard that if you stick the Bible in them, it'll keep them from sin. Brother Roloff preached that, so I said, let's go. That's what he did with all the drug addicts and the dopeds. He brought down the, he just he started making them memorize all the Bible. That's what I did. So my my, my second daughter, she wasn't quite as astute. My second child. So she had a little harder time. But I made her memorize it too. She didn't memorize quite as much. By the time we got to number three. None of us were willing to put into the work. It's sort of like their piano lessons. All of them had to take piano. Only one of them's playing it. And he was the one that was. Hardest on about, of course, he loved to do it. But by by the time we got to the end of the line, it was like, well, we're throwing away money on this. because They didn't want to do it. are Are you listening to what I'm trying to say? I'm telling you, the more Bible that we can get into people, the more tools they will have to be able to overcome temptation. That doesn't automatically make them a good Christian. That's another problem. See, some people say, well, if I just, and we got, you know, I saw people get in that trap. Well, if I just get everybody to memorize the Bible, then they'll turn out right. That's not true either because they can get in their head and never go down in their heart. Matter of fact, I saw kids memorize the Bible, but I think at the end of the day hated it. They still did it because they had to do it, but they hated it. But I'm saying the Bible is the tool to help us overcome temptation. And Jesus used it all three times. And he only used one book. You've got 66 of them. That's why you need to stay in the Bible. Why why does the preacher tell us we need to get them calendars and read our Bible through? Because I don't want you to fall into temptation. I want you to have a verse. You know what? A verse of the Bible can't live in the same little space in your head as temptation, one of them has got to go. Either you're going to forget about that verse in your head and grab hold of that temptation or you're going to grab hold of that verse and forget about that temptation. So Jesus Christ used the same weapon the sword of the spirit to overcome temptation that we have except we have a whole lot more of it we we have all 66 books of the word of god to use in our temptation if you have a certain temptation you ought to memorize a verse that goes along with your temptation and then quote that verse when that temptation comes up if you have a problem with your eyes you need to memorize the verse i will set no wicked thing before mine eyes If you have another temptation, whatever it is, pride cometh before destruction and the Holy Spirit before a fall. Just find your area of temptation and go to the Word of God and put it in your heart and start quoting that when you have that problem. You have a problem with alcohol, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. If you have a problem with murmuring... Then you need to quote that. Do all things without murmurings and disputing. There's all kinds of temptations. Memorize the verses that have to do with yours. <clears throat> Wives, be obedient to you. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fathers, provoke not your. Sh- Get the verse in your head that goes along with your temptation. Some of you are tempted to be afraid all the time. That's a temptation. The fear of man bringeth the snare. You need to get what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. If you're tempted to be depressed, memorize all the verses on depression. You say, what verses in the Bible are on depression? Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Commit thy works unto the Lord, thy thoughts shall be established. Amen. Memorize the verses that have to do with your weakness. All of us are tempted in some way or some fashion, and we need to arm ourselves with the right verses And they're there. Now the problem, you know, the devil's so smart. So Jesus starts quoting the Bible to the devil. You know what the devil does? He quotes it back to him. Watch this. So he says in verse number four, Jesus does, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What a verse that is. He he says, The temptation, Satan says, you know, he's hungry and eating for 40 days a night. And, and Satan says, command these stones, to be may be, may, may be made bread. You need bread to go into your mouth. And Jesus said back to him, my need is not stuff to go in my mouth. My need is to hear what's coming out of God's mouth. I'm not worried about what's going into my mouth. I'm worried about what's coming out of God's mouth. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I need God's word more than I need this food, and I haven't eaten for 40 days. That reminds me of the book of Job. Job said, I will esteem the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. My necessary food. He said, I've got to have the Bible before I even eat. It's more important than my meals. And Jesus told the devil, that Bible is more important than me eating. Mm. You know, if we'd have that attitude toward the Bible, it probably wouldn't be so boring to us, and it probably would fill our hearts a lot more. Well, he says, Man, so not, He said it's written, he quotes the devil. The Bible, verse number 5, Then the devil take him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle temple, and say to him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. Now he's quoting the Bible. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. He's quoting more more words out of the Bible than Jesus is. You know, don't be fooled by the devil. You know the devil knows the Bible just as well as you do. Matter of fact, he knows it better than you do. Some people package up temptation with the Bible. They use a verse in the Bible, usually twisted or perverted or changed, for their own intentions. The devil's like, you want to quote the Bible? All right, I'll quote the Bible with you. The only problem is he took out three words. Why, well, you say, it's just three words? Yeah, that's what they tell us, isn't it? It doesn't matter if you have all the words, just as long as you generally have what it says. He's quoting it just right. He just leaves out three words. And those three words are in all thy ways. In other words, he's, he's, he's tempting Jesus to cast himself down because the angels are going to make sure he's protected But see, they're protecting him in all the ways of God, all his ways, not the devil's ways. The protection isn't if if Jesus does what the devil wants him to do. The protection is if, if Jesus does what the Father wants him to do. And he left out in all thy ways. And it wasn't the ways of God for Jesus to jump off the temple to show that he's Iron Man. That wasn't the will of God. That's what the devil wanted him to do. So somebody may take the Bible and twist it for their own purposes and their own intentions, but it could just be a temptation. But the Bible is the source of our overcoming all of our temptations. Now, I'm going to finish up, but I want you to notice verse 3 with me. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if look down at verse number 6 and saith unto him if temptation takes the form so many times of skepticism he did that with eve yea hath god said did god really say that is that really true, Eve? Come on. You know, the atheist would tell us, Christopher Hitchens, he he would say this all the time, that the skeptical religion tries to remove our skeptical mind. What he failed to tell you is that skepticism against God is just sin. You know, some people don't, some people don't even believe. I know they don't believe there's a God, but you don't even have to be smart to not believe there's there's A real devil. (laughs) Look around. I mean, the devil's surreal. real. I mean, we've got as much proof that the devil's real as God is real. But you know what? The devil devil try to get you to doubt everything. He'll try to get you to to be a skeptic. Oh, is there really a devil? Is there really a God? Is that Bible really true? He's always a skeptic. He says, if thou be the son of God, are you really who you think you are? You know, you can go down that rabbit hole of skepticism, listen, and even doubt who you are or what you are. I really think at the bottom of the, of the barrel, the devil wants you to, to be a skeptic for everything. He wants you to doubt everything. I mean, how do you even know you exist? How do you even know your, conscience, your consciousness is real? How do you know that you're not on some grand scheme of something playing out in a computer? How do you even know what's real? He's a preacher, I I have pain. There's a lot of things that could could have a a play or a program to produce those. How do you know what you're going through is real? How do you know that life is real? How do you know? That's why people are doubting everything. The world's not round, you know, and... Time is not even real. And eternity's not. The devil is just a skeptic. That's all he does. He says, if and if and if. That's no way to live. That won't help you to question everything. You know what? You know what the devil does to young people? The devil comes to young people and says, Is this really the life you want to live? Is this really a good life? The devil comes to young people in temptation. Are your parents really teaching you what's best for you? It's all skepticism. There, there's no statements of affirmation and assurance. It's all skepticism. True. The devil didn't come to Jesus and said, Thou art not the Son of God. He didn't say that. He just said, If thou... I don't, I don't know who you are. Skeptic. How do we know the Bible's true? Didn't men write the Bible? How do we know that God made everything? Everything is a big question mark. And you know what that is? That's temptation. Why do we have to have just one man and one woman? Why do we just have to have two genders? Why do things have to go like all of our grandparents and great... Why do we have to? You see, it's all a question. Temptation goes all the way to a question mark. It's questioning everything. And the devil's no, never closer to you than when he's questioning everything in your life. You know God's not that way? When the Spirit of God speaking in your heart, he'll do one of two things. He, he, there'll never be a question mark. He'll either say, you're not right or he'll say I love you. He'll either say you're you're guilty. That's the spirit of God. <laughs> he'll reprove you or he will edify you. But he doesn't sit there and question everything about you. That's how you know the tempter's working on you when everything's a question in your life. Are you listening to me tonight? When everything, when you lay down at night and everything's a question in your mind, the tempter has come because skepticism is at the root of all the temptations. If thou be the the son of God, cast yourself down. I don't know what your temptation is. But I know that God can help you overcome that. But not if you listen to the devil. He's quoting scripture. (laughs) He's talking about his angels. You know what? I almost want to stand up and say, you filthy, wicked dragon, quit talking about God's angels. You're using everything to put a question mark in the mind and the life of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is not going to have any of it. He says, okay, you want to quote scripture? It's written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. I'm not going to jump off this temple to tempt God doing something that you're asking me to do. And really that goes, I think the Lord is using a double whammy here. What he really is doing with with Satan is, I'm not going to tempt God by jumping off this. By jumping off this thing and Satan, you're not to be tempting the Lord, your God that's standing right in front of you. It's a wonder, of course, if he used his power, it's a wonder when he said, if thou be the son of God, the Lord didn't say, okay, I'll show you. The devil's taking him up to the pinnacle of the temple. The devil's taking him up to a high mountain. Jesus could have took him all the way to glory and said, all right, by the nap of the neck and say, all right, look at all the angels here that worship me. But you know what he was not going to do? He was not going to prove the skepticism of the wicked one. didn't have anything to prove it. I'm going to tell you what. If God, if we think God needs to prove things to us, we have already fallen into temptation.